I am. Um, I'm going to just admit something to you right out of the gate this morning. I'm going to preach uh, on on a hero of the faith that is very, very in in a way. He's really fun to read about, but he's really hard to preach about. Because as you're preaching about potential, I'm going to tell you a story about a hero of the faith who almost blew it, almost completely blew his potential. I mean, like almost barely, barely got across the finish line. Uh, and it's a hard story to tell you because for me, potential is, an, is a very important idea. I'm a pastor. And as a pastor, one of the things that I see, in fact, the, the main thing that I see my job as doing is to help you discover, develop, deploy your potential. That's, that's part of my job is I look out across a congregation, a church family, and what I see, I see people that God loves and I see people that God has empowered to fulfill a particular purpose. And my wife can tell you, I've got this little fault and my fault is I see the potential in everybody. And, and the fault is that I want everybody to see the potential that I see in them. And sometimes I'll go to somebody and I'll go, man, don't you know how, don't you know what God can do to you and in you and through you? Don't you know? And it's hard because we don't, we don't all get our potential right out of the gate. Sometimes God has to reveal it to us little by little. I've always been fixated about potential ever since I was a little kid. In fact, I started thinking about the movies that I admired when I was a kid. And you know how you have, you have like a couple movies in your life that, that, that like that's your movie? You know, like you go, okay, I, whatever that movie is, you know, it's like that's the one that you'll always reference. That's the one that you know. You know the words to it. You know, the, you know all about it. I have a few of those in my life. Uh, one of them, I'll just admit, since it's just us and nobody else is going to see this online or anything. Um, one of the movies that I grew up with and it really resonated with me was a little movie called Rocky. Anybody ever seen? Anybody ever heard of that? Thank you, Mike Klein. Thank you, brother. You and me, man. Rocky. Um, it was, it was, you know, it's like it was designed for a, you know, a pre-adolescent young man to just be like, I want to be like him. Wait, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was, our, that was Schwarzenegger. I watched Rocky. I don't know how to do accents. Yo, Adrian. All right. Um, I watched that movie when I was a little kid and it, and it had such an impact on me. Because, you know, here's a guy with like, he's down and out, but, but he had potential. And then he got a shot, and then he went after it, right? And that movie resonated with me when I was a kid. So much so that I actually had my mom take me down to the public library and get Sylvester Stallone's like manager's address. And I wrote him a letter when I was 12 years old. Dear Mr. Stallone, I said, I don't know if you ever planned to make another Rocky movie. I really did. That was prophetic. Right. Um, not pathetic. But and I and I wrote and I wrote him. I said, if you do, you know, you really should consider me as to, to, as the role of your son. If you have a son in another movie. Right. I really wrote that letter. I really did. I'm still actually waiting for him to write back. I'm sure it's just gotten on the side of his desk and he hasn't gotten around to it yet. But so that movie impacted me. Another one, a movie that I really, as I thought about it, is about potential, was a movie called The Wiz. Does anybody remember a movie called The Wiz? So The, the Wiz, now for those of you that know it, um, let me just tell you, I saw The Wiz before I saw The Wizard of Oz, which is the movie upon which The Wiz is based. So when I saw The Wizard of Oz as a little kid, after seeing The Wiz, I said, man, what is this cheap knockoff of this awesome movie? 
called The Wiz with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. I thought, what, what's this all about? So, but again, it's about somebody pursuing their potential. The other one, and this is the last one, we won't talk about movies all day, but the last one was a movie that not very many people saw. It's, it's kind of a, a, an obscure movie, but it's called Bugsy Malone. It's not Bugsy with Warren Beatty. It's called Bugsy Malone. And it's like a gangster movie about this guy who's kind of like kind of a low life gangster, but, but he keeps trying to, you know, sort of make it in life that, and everybody's wearing pinstripes and everybody's got wingtip shoes and they're in Model T cars and there's cabaret dancers. And it's just this cool movie when you're a little kid. And the, the thing that's really, really interesting about it is that all of the actors in the movie are like under 13 years old. So the whole movie is, but if you don't see it before you're 12, forget about it. You'll just be like, this is ridiculous. But if you see it before you're 12, you're going to go, this is amazing. So maybe your kids. But, but, I, but I watched that movie, you know, uh, Jodie Foster plays Tallulah, major Hollywood crush from, you know, from being 11 years old or 12 years old. Scott Baio plays, you know, uh, play. <laughs> it's funny that you could just say his name. And, um, and he plays Bugsy. And, you know, I was watching this movie. And all of these kids that seem to be doing all this cool stuff and all of these movies about pursuing their potential. And I remember going to my mom's room and after watching Bugsy Malone, and I was, I was upset. I was like visibly upset. She's like, what's the matter? And I said to her, I said, Mom, I am 12 years old and I haven't done anything with my life yet. <laughs> like I was obsessed with potential, unfulfilled potential. How many of you ever think to yourself, am I fulfilling my potential? Am I actually fu fully achieving what God has for me to achieve? Am I going after what God has me to go after? I mean, if you're a parent, you think about this for your child. You think, I really, I, I see what they've got. I see the gifts that God's given them. I see what God could do in them, but do, will they see it? Are they going to reach their potential? If you're a, a child, sometimes you look back at your parents and you go, man, if they had only had another opportunity or if they had only made a different choice or if only something a little bit different had happened, something didn't happen to them that happened, maybe they could have reached a higher level of potential. We all have friends. We all have, we all have family members where you just, they break your heart because you see the potential, but they don't see the potential. And you look at them and you go, if you just, if you would only just do this, or if you would just make that decision and you long for people to fulfill their potential, to pursue their potential. And today I want to, I want to spend some time on a, on a, a hero of the faith who had all of the potential in the world, amazing potential and almost blew it, almost failed to to fulfill his potential. His name is Samson. Many of you know Samson. You've read about Samson. There's a, but I'm going to tell you something. There's some stuff about Samson that you probably don't know because the, the, the Sunday school version of Samson is, you know, understandably edited before you present that to children. There's stuff you just don't present. But if you'll go back and read, you know, Judges 13, 14, 15, 16, you're going to see a life of a person who had incredible potential. And he almost blew it. In fact, that, his potential is what distinguishes him from a lot of the heroes of the faith that we've been discovering and, and exploring. Like, you know, when you look at Gideon, we, we looked at Gideon a few weeks ago. You go, man, I don't know if this guy's got any potential or not. He's a coward. He's hiding in a hole and he's afraid and he's grinding wheat in a pit. And, you know, it's like that's how we meet him. We meet him in a, in a bad spot. 
You know, when you meet David in the scripture, not, you know, you got to remember that when you meet him, he's like the runt of the litter. When, when, when uh, the prophet comes to find the next king of Israel, he goes down the list. His dad forgets to bring Sam, forgets to bring David into the, into the room. He's like, well, surely it can't be him, right? He brings in all the other brothers. The prophet goes, not him, not him, not him. He goes, you got any more? And dad, Jesse is like, uh, I mean, we got one more, but is this a kid out in the, you know, out in the wild? So, you know, so you, these other heroes of the faith, they start off and you go, didn't have a lot of potential. God gave them potential. And then they kind of came up from Samson's different. Samson from before he was born had a mission, had a destiny, had a purpose, had a plan. Here's what the angel of the Lord said to his mother, uh, right at the beginning, before he was even born. She said, uh, the angel said to her, she said, he said, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because this boy is going to be a Nazarite. A Nazarite literally means consecrated, dedicated, set aside for a divine purpose. That's what it means. And there are three rules to the Nazarite. There were a few Nazarites back in, in ancient Israel, and the three rules were this. Number one, don't ever touch wine if you're a Nazarite. No grape. Can't even touch a grape. No grapes at all, much less wine, fermented, anything. Can't touch it. Number two is you cannot touch a dead animal if you're a Nazarite. You can't touch a dead animal, a dead person. You got to stay away from death. All right. Number three is you will never cut your hair, not your beard, not your hair. Don't trim your bangs. Don't 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 edge your mustache. You can't do any of that. You got to be completely unshaven. That way people will know this person has been set aside and consecrated. So the angel of the Lord comes to Samson's mom and says, this child is special. He's got potential. He's got a purpose and a plan. And he's not just going to be a Nazarite. Let me tell you what he's going to do with his life. He's going to take the lead in delivering his people from the hand of the oppression of the Philistines. This child, who's not even been born, has all of the potential that you could ever imagine. I've got a plan and a purpose for his life. He is going to lead his people from the oppressive hand of the Philistines. The Philistines are an oppressive army surrounding Israelites, keeping them from flourishing, keeping them from, from, from fulfilling their purpose as a people. But Samson, the angel says, is going to deliver his people from the Philistines. And God imbues him with this supernatural strength to be able to conquer the enemies of the Lord and to be able to lead his people to freedom. That's how Samson is born. But Samson is almost, almost a tragic picture of unfulfilled potential. You see, this is the non-Sunday school part of the story. This is the part that we leave out until the child reaches about 12 or 13. You'll tell them this in youth group, right, Tyler? You'll, you'll get into the weeds. You'll tell them the real thing. But when you're a kid, you leave this part out. His life was a wreck. He had power, but he had no purpose. He had power that he directed towards the purpose of his own pleasure and his own amusement and his own uh, selfishness and his own pride and his own ego. That's what he did with his power. You see story after story in the book of Judges. He's going after prostitutes. He's picking fights. He's destroying things. He's, he's got vendettas. He's messing with people. He's blowing up relationships. You don't even know that he was going to be married. And he blew that relationship up. His, his to-be wife, his fiance, ends up getting married to his best friend. It's just a mess. The guy just destroys his life. Utterly destroys his life. Blows it. Blows his potential. Cannot move forward in his life. 
In fact, he had this vow, these three vows that he was supposed to, he was a Nazarite. He was supposed to keep these three rules. The first one was never drink. Don't be around any alcohol. Well, you read in, 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 in the early part of his life, he throws what's called a mishta, which is basically a, a kegger. Okay, let's just be, that's what it is. It is a, it's an ancient Israelite frat party. And he just, it's just, it's called a mishta. They just drink and that's what they do. Okay, vow, broken, right? He's never supposed to touch a dead animal. Right when we meet him, like one of the first things he does, he's walking through the woods, he sees a young lion, he goes and he kills this lion. Why? Because he wants to kill a lion, apparently, with his strength. He just kills the lion. And then later, he comes back through the woods. The lion is dead, and the bees have formed a honeycomb in the carcass of the lion. Don't touch the lion, Samson. You're a Nazarite. He goes and dips the honey out of the carcass of the lion, and he eats it. And then he goes and takes it to his mom and dad and says, here, have some, have some honey. Never tells them about the carcass, right? He's blowing his potential. You want to talk about some parents that were, that were distraught about their child not fulfilling potential, you know that Manoah, his dad and his, and his mom were going, well, this child was a Naz- this child's a Nazarite. When is he going to stand up and lead the people? When is he going to overcome the Philistines? When is he going to fulfill the potential that God has for him? How many of you know somebody that you're even thinking of them right now? In fact, you know what? They might be thinking of you, so be careful. But how many of you know somebody right now that you go, ah, this person, if they just only knew their potential, If they would only just follow the things that God has for them, if they would only pursue the higher purpose that God has for them, they could do so much. And yet they're so far away from it. They're falling so far away from their true potential. Samson, after systematically breaking his vows, he ends up pursuing uh, a romantic relationship with a woman who does not have his best interest in mind. Let me just put it that way. All right. It's not his wife. It's just a lover that he found. One of many that he thought, you know, I like her. I'm going to go after her. How many of you know, if you don't respect yourself, you'll end up putting yourself in a relationship with somebody else who agrees with you? Do you know what I'm saying? You end up putting yourself in relationships with people who go, this person doesn't respect themselves. Therefore, why should I? That's what Samson does. He gets into a relationship with a woman who has zero interest in his well-being. His name in Hebrew means sunshine. Delilah in Hebrew implies nighttime. You see this, this together of this, of this bright sun being overcome by the darkness of bad choices, broken relationships, lack of self-respect, poor decisions, and, and, and an absolute blowing of his potential. And the Philistines come to Delilah and they say, hey, Delilah, you and Samson seem to have a little coziness going on. Could you help us out? Because he's really terrorizing us. And what we would what we would like is to be able to subdue him. But he's so daggone strong. Could you find out what makes him so strong? Could you find out what what the source of his strength is? She says, yeah, I'll get right on that. So she starts talking to him, you know, pillow talk. Samson, what makes you so strong? What's the source of your strength, right? Now, if he was pursuing his potential, he wouldn't even be there. If he was pursuing his potential, he would say, oh, wait a minute. I see my potential on, its, on, the, on the road to wreckage. But he says, well, if you... And then he starts to kind of like tell her these stories. And each story gets a little closer to the truth. A little closer to the truth. Finally, one day she comes to him, tears in her eyes. She says, Samson, why are you making fun of me? I keep asking you the source of your strength. 
and then trying to have you killed right afterwards. And, um, <laughs> but you won't tell me. You won't tell me. And finally, he's just tired of it. He goes, okay, listen, I'm a Nazarite. I was, I was born with a, with a vow and I'm supposed to be leading my people out of bondage. Uh, and there are some, some vows that I'm, that I'm supposed to take. And, and the last one is that I can't ever cut my hair. And if my hair is ever cut, then that, that breaches the vows. And I lose my strength. I lose my power. He tells her. Well, <laughs> that night, she brings him into the chamber. The scripture says this. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she just coos him to sleep. She called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And so she began to subdue him. It's one of the saddest scriptures in the, in the Bible. His strength left him. He didn't pursue his purpose with his power. And therefore his power was depleted. His strength left him. It says, then the Philistines came in. They seized him. They gouged out his eyes. They took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding grain in the prison. He became a slave to his oppressors. He became a blind, weak slave to the very people that he was supposed to defeat. The very people that he was supposed to drive out. He started driving grain and pushing grain and becoming a slave to the very people that he was supposed to overcome. His potential was so great. Samson is going to lead his people. He's going to overcome the Philistines. And here we have him near the end of his life, blind, weak, and enslaved to the very people he was supposed to overcome. The question that I have for you and for me today is, how do we actually go after our potential? Here's the thing that's hard about Samson. I love to preach sermons where the characteristics and the qualities of the person I'm preaching about are the kinds of characteristics and qualities that we want to emulate, right? This is a counter example. Samson's life, for most of it, is an example of what not to do. It's the anti-hero. It's the guy who you say, he had so much potential, don't do that. Right? And his fatal flaw was that he had power, but he wasn't pursuing his purpose. He had, he had force, but he didn't have any focus for his force. And when you have power and it's not going after God's purpose, it will, it will undermine you every step of the way. It will destroy you. Every gift that you have has a flip side. Hear me now. Every gift that you have has a flip side. You either use it for good or you use it for evil. You're going to use it one way or another. Samson used his strength to deplete his strength, to undermine his purpose, and to almost derail him completely from fulfilling his potential. So how do we not do that? How do we go after the potential that God has for us? I, 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 as I was preparing the sermon, I kept trying to find a visual way to communicate this. I, I wanted to try, so I made a Venn diagram for you. All right. If you're a visual person, check this out. Here's the Venn diagram. And what you've got is you've got power in one circle and you've got purpose in the other circle. And the way that you fulfill your potential in life is you lay your power over your purpose and where your power and where your purpose intersect, 
that's when you begin to achieve your potential. Let me illustrate this. Samson had power. He had immense power. He had divine power. He had incredible power, but it wasn't focused on his purpose. Therefore, he did not fulfill his potential. He was using his power towards things that didn't fulfill the purpose that God had put in his life. So he couldn't fulfill his potential. Are you with me this morning? Some of us know people like that. Power, right? It could be money. It could be, it could be charisma. It could be knowledge. It could be education. It could be fame. It could be whatever it is that you've got. Everybody's got a little bit of power. Whether you realize it or not, everybody's got a little bit of power, right? But we all know people who have power but aren't using it for a divine purpose. And ultimately, they can end up destroying themselves and other people. That's Samson's situation. On the other hand, there are people that know their purpose. They know they have a sense of what God wants for them. They have a sense of where they're going, what, what they're trying to achieve, what they're trying to get after. They have a good intent. Their heart is right, but they just don't have any strength. They don't have the connections or the money or the education or the ability to do the thing that God has put on their heart to do, right? Because they've got purpose, but they don't have power. And so they can't reach their potential. There are some of us out there like that today. Some of you I know very, very well. I know very, very many people, especially millennials who have a strong sense of what they want to accomplish. They actually have vision. They have a, a beautiful idea in mind of what they want to accomplish, but it's hard to get there. Like, like, like I'm just not there yet, right? So how then do we increase our power and increase our purpose in order to fulfill our potential? If we have power but, but not purpose, how do we build our purpose? If we have purpose but we don't have power, how do we build our power? How do we not do what Samson did? Jesus, in a very beautiful, powerful line in his teaching, in the book of Luke, says something that I think unlocks the key to you and I fulfilling our potential in life. Look at what he says. This is what he says in Luke chapter 16. He said, whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. He's, you know what he's saying here? He's saying everybody's got a little bit. Everybody's got a little power. Everybody's got a little strength. Everybody's got a little bit of a sense of their purpose. They might not see the end, end game yet, but you know a little bit. What are you doing with the little bit? Because what you do with the little bit is what you're going to do with the big bit. So if you'll use the little bit, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And I'll give you a little bit more until the little becomes a lot. That's how I'm going to allow you to strengthen your purpose and develop your purpose and to develop your power. Here's another way of putting it. You will grow whatever you feed. Talk to me, somebody. You will grow whatever you feed. There's an old legend about a, about a, about a chief who's talking to his, his grandson, this young brave. I love these legends because they don't have to be true. You just say legend and then you can drive the point home. All right. So there's this, this legend and this grandfather tells this young brave. He sees that this young brave is struggling to, to fulfill his potential. And he's kind of moving in one direction, but he's kind of falling off and not sure if he's going to follow the right path. So the grandfather says to the brave, he says, son, he says, inside of the heart of every human being, there are two wolves. And they are fighting each other. He says, in one wolf, there's bitterness and there's anger and there's pride and there's lust 
and there's deceit and there's ego and there's shame and there's selfish selfishness. He says, that's one wolf and that's inside of you. He said, there's another wolf and that wolf is full of joy and power and love and courage and strength. That's another wolf inside of you and they're fighting inside of you, son. And the brave says, well, grandfather, which wolf is going to win? And the grandfather says, whichever one you feed, you will grow whatever you feed. You see, Samson was not, he was, he was feeding something, but it wasn't his purpose. He was feeding his own self-interest. And, 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 and so it grew until it grew so much that it undermined his power altogether. Today, if you're here and you're saying, well, look, how do I, how do I experience more strength? How do I gain more strength? Here's what the scripture teaches us. I'm going to give you this, this point real quick. It says this. It says, you grow your strength by serving other people. This is how you grow your strength. Notice what Samson did with his strength. He served himself. By serving himself, he debilitated himself. His strength went away. He lost his strength. You gain your strength. You grow in strength when you use that strength to serve somebody other than yourself. That's how you develop your gifts. That's how you develop your talent. That's how you develop your ability. That's how you grow in power. First Peter 4 says this. I'm going to read this to you. It says, next, next slide. As each of you has received a gift, meaning every single person in here has gifts that God has given them. You do have strengths. You don't know how great they are. But you have them. Use them to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You want to grow in strength? Use your strength to serve somebody else. What if I have strength, but I want to grow in purpose? What if I want to grow in my purpose? Right? The next one is this. We grow in our purpose by doing the good that you know to do. I, I, I talk to people all the time that say, I don't know my purpose. In other words, I want to see the finish line. Samson saw the finish line. It didn't help him get there. All right. Most of us don't get the burning bush. Most of us don't get an angel of the Lord saying he therefore is going to become an X, Y or Z. Right. Our purpose begins to grow as we just do the little bit of good that we already know we need to do. Right. Use the little bit of strength that you have right now to do the little bit of good that you already know to do. What's good? Micah says this, and, and this is something we already know. God has shown you, the scripture says, O mortal man, what is good? You know what is good, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your Lord. To walk humbly before your Lord. Do you want to grow in the power of his strength? Do you want to grow in your purpose? Do you want to grow in your power? It starts incrementally, little by little. Samson, it's the end of his life. He's down in the pit. He's grinding grain. It's over. I mean, it's over, Samson. Your head is shaved. You blew all your vows. You didn't drive out the Philistines. It's over, man, right? You lost it. You blew it. There's nothing left. There's a little, there's a little scripture that's stuck right there in the little in the book of Judges, that just, I just, it just, it just turns, turns my crank. Here's what it says. He's down in the pit. It says this, his hair began to grow back. You see, 
He's down in the pit. His power is gone, but he starts to see his purpose. He starts to go, oh, I was strong. Now I'm weak. Maybe it's in my weakness that I can become strong. Maybe it's when I surrender my strength to the strength of God that my strength will expand. Maybe it's when I deliver my purpose and surrender my purpose to God that I can begin to experience his purpose for my life. He's in, the, he's in the temple. There are thousands of Philistine rulers in the temple. They're mocking him. Oh, great, Samson, what happened to you? Blind. You know, it took, it took him to lose his eyes to be, to be able to start seeing what God really had for him. They're all there mocking him, making fun of him, laughing at him, ridiculing him. And they say, bring him out. We want to see, we want to see this strong man. So they bring him out, and he turns to the guy next to him, the guy that's bringing him out. He says, can you just take me up and lean me against one of the pillars that holds up this temple? I need to rest. I'm weak. I'm weak. They bring him over to the pillar. And this is what makes him a hero. You know what makes him a hero? The last 30 seconds of his life. If it weren't for the last 30 seconds of his life, he would have blown his potential. How many of you know his mercies are new every morning? How many of you know you get one more chance? How many know you can just today say one more time? Can you, can I just, God, one more time. Can I take more, one more run at this? I've blown it. I've blown it so many. Can I get one more shot? This is Samson's prayer. Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more time. Let me have one more chance. One more shot. Let me get one more shot. The scripture says this. Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood. Bracing himself against them. His right hand on the one. His left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might. And down came the temple. Samson fulfilled more of his potential in the last 30 seconds of his life than he did in the first 40 years of his life. Why? Because he allowed himself to become weak so that he could become strong. He allowed himself to surrender his own purpose so he could fulfill a higher purpose. Today, some of you are here and you're just saying, God, I need a little more strength. I need a little more purpose. I need a little more. I need to fulfill my potential, but I don't know how to get there. Start with a little. Use the little bit that you have right now. God will grow it in you. Let's stand together as we close. I want to pray for you. If you would just close your eyes and bow your heads. And I'm going to pray that God would instill a power in your heart. Just a little bit of power in your heart. A little more strength in your life. A little more purpose in your life as you surrender it to him. Father, we pray right now, Lord God, that that our hearts would receive your word, that we would look at the life of Samson and know two things, what to do and what not to do, and that you would give us the strength to pursue your purpose so that we, Lord, can fulfill the potential that you have and that you see in every single one of us. I pray for every man and woman in this congregation today who's struggling to fulfill their potential. Lord God, I pray that you would fill them with the power of your spirit. Give them your strength, Lord, to serve somebody else, 
to your glory. God, I pray that they would open their hearts and start to, to fulfill their purpose just little by little, just a little tiny bit, because we know that when we are faithful and little, you give us more. God, help us to pursue you with everything we've got today. And we will give you all the praise and all of the honor and all of the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.